Hey Warriors, and welcome back to another episode of Warrior Within. I hope you had a great week. Mine was pretty okay. Um, I think I'm getting a little bit of anxiety build up, and I don't know if it's based off my cortisol issues that I still have, and I kind of know this happens like every few months. So you could pray for me to kind of get back on track, however it need to, whatever I need to do. I mean, I'm trying to keep myself calm and and not stressing too much, but it just, it's there. So, um, anyway, um, let's see. So, you know, we've been talking about the Beatitudes. We started out last week with, uh, basically, as you guys found out, it means being honest confessor or being an honest confession towards God about our sins and, and, and doing it with a humble heart, you know, the poor heart, or poor in spirit is someone who is willing to basically give in humility what their sin was. This week, it's actually about mourning sin. And it's been really interesting because as I've been kind of studying on the Beatitudes, I've been learning things that I didn't really actually know actually meant. And I guess it's because I don't really remember a lot of the stuff I learned in high school and then even in college or maybe even heard in some churches but i've kind of noticed that the kind of change uh or not change but i guess understanding i'm i'm getting through maybe age you know experience and and growth but it's been really good and it's the same thing especially many of you guys that might be new to the podcast you might hear things that seem like so-called repeated, but the idea is that there's growth throughout the years. Because remember, I've been doing this podcast for three years. So there's things that God teaches along the way, no matter, it could be year, year process, it could be month process, it could be weeks, but years is usually what has to go because there's pieces that God has to do to kind of prepare you or to to program into you understanding you know create practices and 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 growth so that later on down the road when he reveals something to you you're like oh you know what i never dealt with that issue back when i was 16 i never dealt with that issue when i was 28 you know when i married my wife i didn't i didn't think this way and that's the kind of the whole point of what this podcast is about it's not just growth for you guys but it's growth for me as well and I grow as I study, and you, hopefully you guys are learning to study more, that you guys continue to grow. So this week is about morning sin. And I didn't really realize how that was truly connected to, as we go to verse 4 in Matthew 5, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Now, in the in the outline, you know, we think of mourning, we think of losing someone or losing our pet or losing something we love, losing a limb. I mean, sometimes in the medical world, they do tell people who had to lose a limb to mourn for it. I think the idea that of the image that Jesus was trying to point out was mourning and, and how big it was, because we know in history... There's several things that go on when someone is in mourning. We know, one, people will wear black for however long it may be, mourning of a loss. 
we also know sometimes even in biblical terms, uh, we, we, we see in Israel, there's times where people will literally yell, ripping their clothes in mourning. We know that, you know, we talked about not too long ago when Absalom, David's son died, David went up and he mourned. He cried for his son. And the thing is, we always look at it from the perspective of actual loss. We never really look at it and how we're supposed to perceive sin's capability of destroying us in our relationship with God. We're supposed to be mourning that we sinned. Literally, that's what it means. Mourning over our sin, that we sinned and we should be wearing black and getting down our knees and crying out to God straightforward like we can end this podcast right now because that is basically all it really truly means to literally get down on our knees ripping our clothes and mourn over our sin because we hurt god because we create separation from god which is what death is like it's separating that feeling that you got when you lost someone you loved, that feeling when you got when you lost your, your dear dog, that, that, that loss of the limb that you lost from a medical procedure. That separation feel is the feeling of sin separating us from God. There is hope in that sense that if we understand the power behind sin's strength. We understand the importance of trying to work hard at not sinning. Sin is such a huge part of the gospel message. We know that Jesus died for sin. You guys understand this. When he went on that cross and he took on all of our sin, it created a separation between him, God the Father. He took on that burden, that feeling of loss. He took on that burden. He took on that destruction that sin has and defeated it. He didn't come down here to teach about activism. He didn't come down here to create political parties. He didn't come down here like Israel thought to overthrow Rome and, and reestablish the Israel kingdom. He didn't come down here to teach about love everyone, how they are and how they live and just love on them. That's not why he came. He came because of love, love for his creation. But he wanted to give us an opportunity to basically break that chain of sin through what Jesus did. This is why we need to mourn over our sin. You know, last week we talked about poor in spirit. We talked about how it meant humble confession. This moment of mourning is that moment of understanding that poor spirit ideology, that, that mindset, that feeling of understanding how important it is to get down on our knees in humility to recognize how wretched we are. 
It's all connected. I mean, we're supposed to mourn that we sin. We are mourning over the sin nature that we have because we recognize that it is destructive, that it destroys, that it takes away any form of good relationship we can have with God and with other believers. Jesus died for us. Sin is evil. It is destructive. It creates destruction. But yet through grace, we could find that there is comfort, that there is a way to repent, a humble repentance. Go to James 4, 7 through 10. It says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep over your sin, basically is what it's talking about. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. No, we're supposed to draw near to God. The closer we, we build that relationship with God, the easier it is to resist the devil. However, there's going to be times we're going to fail. There's going to be times where we're going to be weak. There's going to be times we're going to falter away from seeking out God and building that relationship with him. And we're going to But do we recognize what sin is? Do we take it serious enough to understand how it destroys? How often do we allow the sin, whether it's an addiction or any type of sin, to fester? Sit there. Take over. Because it makes us feel good. It gives us as it says there, let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Do we allow it to fulfill us? See, remember this. God will always provide a way to escape a temptation. We choose whether to take action of the sin or run from it. Sin will destroy. It will not only affect us, but those around us. We see it in movies. We see it in TV shows. We see it in real life. We know what sin can possibly do. We can probably think of stories with like a husband who was unfaithful to his wife in secret. And when it was revealed, what did it do? It destroyed When you've been lying for so long and you finally tell the truth, it will hurt. It will hurt many people. And you may lose friends. You may lose family. You may have people not be able to trust you again. Or maybe it'll take a long time to trust you again. You've been lying to your wife. It may take a long time. She may want to divorce you. She may want to leave you. You see, sin may not destroy in the moment. It could destroy down the road. It can, it can affect relationships that you may not have yet. 
that it will destroy. Maybe you, uh, I don't know. Let's think of another good sin. Maybe you've been stealing from your company, trying to make ends meet. It gets found out. You might lose your job. You might go to prison. You see, the thing is, there is always going to be consequences that will come out at some point, in some way, in some other way. It, it may not be. It may. It may be a temporary consequence, but it could be a long-term consequence. You know, even if your wife were to leave you over your secret, doesn't mean that she won't come back. I mean, there's people I've met who divorced and got remarried after they both dealt with their issues and whatever and came back and God restored that marriage. But I'm hoping that right now, that today, we can nip this. We can start seeing men in the Discord group, start seeing men everywhere recognize sin destroys. How do I change? It starts with repentance. Today could be the day that you could stand before God and say, Lord, help me resist the devil. Help me stay close to you, stay near to you, find refuge in you. Don't let me falter into the sin that has been agonizingly destroying me from the inside out. I repent. I out loud with my mouth repent to you, O Lord. And I ask that you forgive me. And I ask that you restore me. And I ask that you help me. That I may not do that again. And if I do fall, that I can get right back on my feet once again repent and restore and keep working at it. Do you take your sin lightly? We're going to take a quick break and then continue. You see, we go back to those verses. Well, I should say, yeah, verses. So we go back to James 4, it's 4, 7 through 10 states this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, which is repenting, you sinners. Purify your hearts, repenting. You're seeking and you're asking God. Be wretched and mourn and weep. I, like I'd never really recognized that these ver the, the way this was written was to understand the importance, the importance of recognizing sin as someone who is mourning and weeping over what I have done. Because we see it in our culture. We see how it, it is so much rejoiced for sin. I don't know if you were ever brought up with guys who would basically boast over how many girls they slept with. Like prizes to be won. Or pride itself and guys i'm sure you probably have met guys who are very prideful and very boastful about how good and strong and powerful they were i mean we see it in the i 
the I would say the the imagery of a villain in most hero and villain shows movies comics the villain is always so prideful about how they're going to destroy the hero how they're going to win their fight or war and they always boast about it we always talk about it as the, you know the villain talk where they start sharing about their whole problem which gives enough time for the hero to escape when we we understand it's it's part of the human nature to rejoice over the sins that we are a part of we gloat about it inside like oh man that made me feel good and if you definitely don't know jesus that's the world that's just how it is the world rejoices and, and excites itself in the idea of their sin. We've seen it this whole year so far, especially in the Pride Movement. Pride Month was just an abomination of evil desires being rejoiced and glorified and pridefully exp you know, expressed as a normality. Do you know that one of the top Christian singers right now is a uh, transgender man who is trying to be a woman? Number one, top of the list. You see, sin is going to be rejoiced because it makes people feel good. It makes them feel amazing. And yet there is men out there that I know, that I've seen, that I have met, who in their struggle with sin understand the guilty conscience of wanting to not do it anymore, and they fight. I mean, I've fought. I have sinned and have struggled with sins that I had to fight. We're supposed to be men of God who mourn over our sin. Because why? Because we want to be of God. We want to follow God. We want to walk in his ways. We want to recognize how it just destroys. And we don't want that. We want to be cleansed. We want to be righteous. We want to walk upright. We want to have be men of integrity and character. So we fight for it. We practice what we're supposed to be practicing. We live how we're supposed to be living. We walk and how we're supposed to be walking. That is the way to win or to fight against it. And to, when we recognize it, we flee. Because we have to recognize that it's haltering our eyes, our hearts, and our minds so much that we can't be used by God in the way that we can or the way he wants to because we, we've basically allowed it to halter us. We, you know, like, you know, the horses... When they had carts, they gave them kind of like blinders that helped them to focus straight ahead instead of looking around and seeing everything around them because they didn't want them to be uh, basically distracted or get scared. They, they, they haltered. And a lot of times what sin does, it doesn't allow you to see God do anything in your life. It doesn't allow, allow you to see God trying to get your attention. It, it doesn't allow the people that are around you that love you, that are trying to help you to walk upright because you, you're, that sin is blinding you. 
It's very similar to even people who hold on to anger and rage and revenge and just want to be filled with that anger inside, that rage. They're like blinders because they don't see how it's hurting other people. You got to remove those blinders. Don't let sin cover your eyes a bit so that you can't see God saying, no, dude, hey, no, you're not supposed to be doing that. Here, here, here's a way out. And you're like, no, no, I like the blinders and I'll just keep, I'll keep doing it because if I see that escape, then I'll feel guilty and then I'll have to do it. And it's like, yes, feel the guilt, mourn, don't allow it to fester because there is hope. Like even in death, there is hope in Christ because our death here means we get to be in heaven with Christ where we're healed. No more sadness, no more hurt. And that's the kind of mindset we're supposed to have towards sin. Yes, we're going to fail. We're going to fall. We're going to sin, but we have grace. We got to recognize we have grace. So therefore I know there's hope. And so when I look upon that hope, instead of allowing those blinders to keep me in my sin, I can repent and I can ask God to help me. Bring good godly men in my life to help me stay accountable so I don't fall and I don't falter and I don't crash. Now we go to 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through 13. It states, for godly grief, which I just find that a, a, such an interesting vocabulary statement of words to use. Godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. As you think about it, in this world, actual grief means death, means you don't, you're separated from that person. And we continue in verse 11, for see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point, you have proved yourselves innocent in the manner. So although I wrote to you, it was not for the sake of the one who did the wrong, nor for the sake of the one who was suffered, who has suffered the wrong, but in order that you earnestly for us might be revealed to you in the sight of God, therefore be comforted. In other words, you recognize that you have sinned. You recognize you have done wrong. And you know where you need to go to, and you need to repent. Godly grief should be a part of our vocabulary. Because we're supposed to recognize the difference between just feeling guilty for doing something wrong and apologizing to those that we may have hurt or someone that was supposed to be keeping us accountable but in reality, we got to recognize that's not who we hurt the most. We hurt God. We have sinned against God. And therefore, we are supposed to repent of that sin out loud to God. That we may earnestly understand how we've cleared ourselves, that we can understand how we are moving forward, that we can continue to fight, even though there will be consequences and there's possible consequences and there's things that might happen from what we did. We can find comfort 
and knowing that our salvation in Jesus is why we have somewhere to run, someone we can go to and repent for what we have done, and then seek God's cleansing and grace and mercy. Because we, we know that we can sin publicly and we can sin in secret. But the ones done in secret are always the hardest sins to repent from. Because when we think in our heads, there's nobody around, I'm all alone, who's keeping me accountable? And the Holy Spirit's like, hey, I'm here. Hey, I'm right here. And I'm telling you, hey, you're doing something wrong. And we're just like, yeah, I'll just put the blinders on a little bit more because I don't want to see the Holy Spirit trying to give me a way to escape. So since there's no quote unquote humans around, we sin. It's easier to sin. Yet there is that guilt that comes in. And we try to lessen the guiltiness or we don't really deal with the problem. And, you know, we do feel guilty we may say to somebody, Hey, you know, yeah, I, I messed up. Um, but then it, it, we just wait to the, until we don't feel bad anymore. And then we repeat again. But when we recognize that it is an offensiveness towards God, that, that we're supposed to be mourning how, evil we just did and we repent and we understand lord man lord i am sorry for what i have done i am sorry for how i treated my wife i'm sorry for how i keep looking at that pornography i'm sorry that i keep getting angry at my kids and and just blowing up i'm sorry for my lying i'm sorry for cheating when i when i knew the answers and i still cheated on that kid next to me I'm sorry that I keep breaking your laws and rules. Cleanse me, O oh Lord. Cleanse my heart. Re make a renewed spirit inside of me. Cast me not away, O oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. You see, it is taking that humble spirit that we're supposed to have falling to our knees and recognizing the sin and repenting. But in repenting, we got to fight. We're given the full armor of God. We're given the ability to pray. We have brothers that we could seek out support, accountability, to pray with, to open up, to be willing to be vulnerable in hopes that not that we can be judged and attacked by people, but that we can understand that God has judged us and we need help. I mean, the whole point of falling to sin is not for people to attack us because of our sin, but to help us find grace to repent, to get back on, on the right track, to walk back with the Lord. If church was all about being perfect, there's no purpose in the church. 
church is about broken people who are seeking out a savior who saved them from their sins and they're going to fail. The whole Ten Commandments wasn't about, hey, follow the Ten Commandments and you'll be perfect because no one could. No one could. That's why the Pharisees were considered uh, hypocrites because Jesus knew they didn't follow the Ten Commandments. Not 100%. They didn't follow the Law of Moses 100%. And yet they're running around saying how great they are and how more spiritual they are and how wonderful they are and how they're not like all those wretched people who aren't in their shoes. See, this is our time where we can put the full armor of God Recognize we need to be protecting our hearts and minds, not allowing things that just keep us into our temptations or allow us to be angry. If we don't deal with our past, we don't deal with our past sins, we don't deal with our past hurt, we don't deal with things that are going on today, we don't surrender ourselves to God. If we don't keep running to him and seeking out his guidance and understanding, if we don't spend time in his word, if we don't spend time praying, if we don't spend time reaching out to other godly men, we can't expect to be fighting and winning. And even when we fail, we'll fail hard. Because we keep trying to do things alone. Keep trying to fight this world alone. We stop going to church. We stop trying to find good godly men to be friends with. We kind of just sat back, become passive. We don't try to lead. We don't try to get involved in our church. And I'll leave it to those who are so-called the ministers because they're paid. And so we become more vulnerable. Our armor becomes weak. The enemy starts seeing ways to scheme against us easily. We get easily pulled into temptations because hey, our armor barely gets used. Today could be the day, guys. We can mourn what we've what we are. But we can find grace and hope in what Christ has done. But today could be the day that we can turn around, start fighting again. Fighting to be closer to God, fighting to be a man after God's own own heart. We can be men that have integrity, character wants to walk upright, seeks out righteousness, and leads like we're supposed to. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. And do ask that you use this podcast in any way possible. That whoever is listening, that they'll be challenged to change, challenged to grow, challenged to repent. It's going to be hard, may not be easy for many. There may be pride. But I ask today that many men, many, many men that are listening will take today, not wait any longer, get down on their knees and repent with whatever 
sin that has been controlling them will help them get back on their feet and rejoice in your glory. If there's any men here that don't know you as Savior, they will repent and accept Jesus as their Savior when they because they recognize that they don't deserve anything. Because they're wretched, sinful, broken people. But yet, they can just give it all to Jesus and become a brand new creation in him. New creature of Christ. A follower, a disciple. And they can change. And their life can change. The whole heart can change. Their minds can change. Because they just want you. Pray for myself if there's any sin that has just been cluttered that I haven't found myself, that you unclutter it, reveal it, that I may repent, that I may change. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, I know this is probably a really rough one and hard, but man, if you are feeling convicted, wait to get down on your knees and repent. Now, I know if some of you guys might be driving, I'm not asking you to, to pull over, but if you need to pull over somewhere and just just pray in that car and repent, do it. You know, the Lord will help and the Lord will come through. And I will see you guys next time. God bless.